thinking three again. Missed one a few moments ago. There it is, and down it goes for his first NBA hoop. I don't want to call it today, you know, I just made it rain. Hold me back, fam! A below average three-point shooter. There's Simmons. I got 50 biscuits. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the PickSwap Podcast. Uh, I'm James Brain. I'm here with Sean Bernard. What's up, Sean? What's going on? We saw the return of MVP Joel Embiid recently, so I'm back locked in. Yeah, man. Uh, last night was ugly and good on a couple levels there. The Sixers go to overtime with the Hornets, and the Hornets had, like, nobody available. So that's uh, yeah. disappointing and a bummer. Uh, but on the other side of that coin, Embiid dominated 43 points, 15 rebounds, 7 assists. Disgusting, disgusting night from him, and he had another good shot late, uh, which I've been really enjoying seeing. Is that he's a he is able to, um, after a little bit of a, like a tough stretch there late in games, he was able to come down, uh, get a couple of his own shots, and you know carry them through a late game situation. So what did you see from last night? Yeah, it's cool to see the touchback. He shot fifteen of twenty from the field. It's disappointing that it took like an excellent Joel Embiid game to take down like a shorthanded Hornet. So. As a team, I guess not not feeling great about be, being going to overtime with a team that you have no business going to overtime with and a team that you really should be much better than. But at the end of the day, they did get the win. It took everything. That win should go on Joel Embiid's record, not even the Sixers for getting it. But nonetheless, they got it. They improved to 13-11. and 11. They got another one against the Hornets tomorrow that they got to do a little better and take care of business in a little uh, more efficient way. Yeah, and he didn't get it like so. He didn't get a lot of help. Um, no, Shake Milton stepped in for Tyrese Maxey, who was out with non-COVID related illness. So hopefully we'll get Maxey back um, by tomorrow's game when they play the Hornets again in Charlotte. Uh, yeah. But aside from aside from Embiid, it was Harris with twenty-one points and Shake Milton with sixteen, and no one else was above double figures. Which like Seth Curry has six points in this game. Mm-hmm. Danny Green has nine. Korkmaz has eight. Niang has seven. Like, just they are not getting offense outside of Joel Embiid. And that is not going to cut it um, against a team that's put together, not like the Hornets right now. Uh, so, it was last night concerning again, or is this building on top of the concerns for you? Um, They definitely missed Maxi. I mean, for the most part last night, there was a, a kind of a lack of energy throughout. And it was right from the tip-off seen throughout the game. The Hornets just kind of had a, a little bit of an out-hustle attitude. And I would like there to be kind of a, a stop. And there has been a lot with the Sixers recently of kind of like a, they're winning games because they're the more talented team, but not because they're playing well by any means. And there has to be more of a come in and compete on a nightly basis. The energy that Maxi brings was definitely missing last night. And that's like, it's, it's crazy how quickly that this second year player has developed in such a key part of this team. And in many ways he has become kind of the heartbeat and, the ball handling, how much he, how often he touches it is crucial. And just, just really the energy that he's able to bring the burst and just the aspects that he has that nobody else has on this team. And uh, I mean, without him yesterday, it kind of hurt, but there's no excuse given how much that the Hornets were also missing. When you think about LaMelo, Rogier, they had nobody down low with Mason no Plumlee out. And uh, so I don't know. It's it definitely don't feel great after last night. I feel a lot better that they didn't choke it away and managed to win it in overtime. But like we talked about, it was kind of an Embiid saying like, I'm not losing this game and not anything the Sixers did to find a way to win it. So I'm mildly concerned, but I wouldn't say like, I'm, I'm happy they got the win at the end of the day. The goal was accomplished. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I I'm in the same boat with you. I think it was like it just wasn't an enjoyable game to watch really on a lot of fronts. Um, and just watching Embiid. I mean, watching him put up 43 in a game where they scored 127 points. Like in the grand scheme of it, he scored a lot of their points. Um, and there it was well rounded. I guess a lot of other guys chipped in. Um, and I guess it's what it's, it's going to take uh, when you don't have another star and you don't have another, um, like you don't have your starting point guard. You just have to, you know, mix in guys who can get buckets. And, you know, I don't want to overreact to that because I think it is an important thing to say like, oh, a lot of like they can go 12, 12 guys deep and everyone score and everyone contribute in their own way. And that's an okay to win. That's an okay way to win a basketball game. Um, but it's frustrating to see that it took 43 from Embiid and they still had to go to overtime uh to beat the hornets i think that's where the, the frustration grows a bit um but i don't know man it's i think it's very clear the issues that the sixers are facing right now uh and i think it's very clear what they miss which is like i don't even know what to say about it anymore and like max like you said maxi was missed last night which is uh an interesting way that like coming into the year we're like oh is he gonna step in and see how is he gonna play and then you know, 20 some games into the year, we're like, damn, this team really needs Maxi yeah. in its starting lineup. Uh, I think that speaks to his ability as well. So I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I wasn't thrilled about last night, but like you said, it was a win. And in the NBA, in an 82 game regular season, like those wins are just as important as the blowout wins and just as important as the, the rivalry wins. So like it still counts for a win. I'm not worried about it too much, but uh, the concerns are still there a bit. Yeah, and with some tough games ahead, they have uh, yeah. the Heat, the Nets, the Jazz, the uh, Warriors all coming up. That like these two games against the Hornets are especially important, uh, especially considering that there is the the shorthanded factor, and that these have come from also games that we looked at as kind of uh, difficult games and games they'd have to really compete for. Into not that they're layups because it is still the NBA, but like these are games that it should be a, a better take care of effort, uh, just mindset going in. So. Hopefully we see that tomorrow and that they can, if they take two in Charlotte, that's definitely a great result, but uh, definitely important to start stacking wins and start making a run. So I'm happy to see that two game win streak. Uh, the Hawks game. I was super encouraged by uh, overall the last two games. I do think the Sixers have done a much better job of just like maximizing Joel Embiid. He's done a, meta, a better job getting down often in the paint, establishing position. That's been huge, providing easy buckets for him. And you see like the easy buckets are transitioning to him finding a little touchback. You saw the jumper. Like it's it's it didn't have the the feel that it has for a lot of the season where it's just heavy, not quite falling. Like it felt like he was back. He was creating for himself. And I mean, it's you can't say much more about it from Joel B's perspective yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Let's talk like very briefly about that Atlanta game because it was a great game. Um mm-hmm. and like that was a team that it came down to the wire again. They played well down the stretch. Seth Curry had a really good game. Uh but Embiid again was a catalyst to that win. And I tweeted about it, I think yesterday, I think it was yesterday morning, and we talked about it last week. It was like, he doesn't get, he was no. never getting those easy buckets. And the last two games, we've seen him at the rim a lot, uh, battling for position, getting him out of the paint early defensively and getting down the floor and posting up early. And then for the the guards and the perimeter players to actually get him the ball is like just as important. And I think that was something that they needed to kind of like drill into because I feel like they just... They don't throw the ball a lot. They they're there, they're looking, and then they just don't pass it down to him. Um, but recently, it's been a much more concerted effort to get him the ball in a spot where he's you know eight feet from the basket rather than fifteen, and then 
you know, he does his thing from there or just right, literally right under the basket. He dunks uh, layups, all that kind of stuff close to the rim, uh, which we hadn't seen earlier on this year. So Atlanta was a fun game, though. I enjoyed that game. Yeah, definitely. That was I mean, first off, the ending to the game, just the reaction from Embiid just brought joy to me. It was so like such a kind of a weird interaction where Embiid goes and hits the the shot that puts the Sixers up to just kind of beelines to the the bench like no emotion on his face no reaction he kind of gave like a little dap up to Danny Green and that was about it and he's just kind of locked in and then the the shot from Gallinari the fadeaway three with Embiid contesting uh off the rim Sixers win and Embiid just loses it jumping up and down (laughs) like that was a game that Embiid needed that the Sixers needed that the whole city needed it's just kind of like a this wasn't a game we were supposed to win we're still at least a relevant team so at least it that was needed. That pushed the Sixers back top 10 for power rankings. That was kind of a just like rebounding and give a little hope. So I, I think that was a massive win for the season, just kind of mindset wise and mentality improves a ton. And uh, like once again, Embiid, a tremendous game there. Uh, like you said about the usage, he's, I think it's two part in Embiid has worked much harder in recent games off ball to create for himself. You see him posting up and battling on a much more regular basis. There's not a lot of just, stand around and wait from him which is super exciting and, and it's working like there's a ton of ceiling that he's got down low in the paint when you get him the ball like under the basket in the way that they have these past two games that's impossible to start like especially in a one-on-one post-up situation that he's he's the best post player in the nba and it's about time he's being used like that so i've been thrilled with that aspect the last two games uh definitely has uh shown itself on the shooting percentage uh, but prior to those two games, he was in the 12th percentile among centers for finishing around the rim, which is atrocious and really like a kind of a pinpoint thing that needs to change. And we have in these past two games. So the easy buckets that are being provided are huge for this team. And uh, it's all about catering to your best player. And they're, they're finally seem to be shifting a little bit. So the, I'd have seen some major signs of growth, especially in that Hawks game. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I want to go back and talk about that, that reaction. Cause a lot of people were like, not that I mean, not not I want to say not that happy, but like a lot of people were saying he was kind of overreacting or a little bit too excited for a regular season win. Nah, man, I I loved it. Um, I thought that the fact that you know this has been a really tough year. Yeah. Uh, on a lot of different in a lot of different ways. I mean, just starting the year, like he hasn't gotten uh any type of like break, and even when he was out, uh, he had COVID that he it was a really tough battle, and he came back against a team that, you know clearly there's some bad blood and and that the Sixers don't like and Sixers fans don't like and uh they're on another tough road stretch and they had to go down to Atlanta in in a late game situation and after losing to Boston like he really needed that one and I think that he felt that um and the fact that he was able to kind of carry them in that way uh especially late that was you know I think it was warranted I, I liked it at least and like you said um having the effort and the like the drive for him to get down under the basket and battle with his body. I think it shows to the fact that he might be a little bit more healthy right now. We haven't seen him yeah. like grimace as much uh, in terms of like his knee. And, you know, he hasn't looked at like, he's looked tired. He looked be, especially when he first came back um, from COVID, but he's looks like he's getting his legs back under him. And, you know, if it took that two weeks, that two week break for him uh, to get healthy, really healthy uh, with, in terms of his knee and his physical health. And then, um, you know, as long as he's able to recover fully from all the effects of COVID, we're looking at a really dangerous player down this stretch. So as long as that's, you know, 
what's going on for him. I'm I'm really happy to see that. And like you said, it's it's this December stretch is really really tough. Uh, they got a lot of tough teams that go on the road again. Um, a lot of like home and away back to back. So they got to gear up for this man. And and these wins are as important as as any of those. So you know it was it was a good win last night. But we can we can move forward here. Um, there's been a lot of stuff going on. I don't know if you wanna if you wanna introduce it. Yeah, so I guess yesterday, yesterday was kind of a uh, just the Ben Simmons, Dame Lillard. It feels like every every once in a while there's just a stir up. So I guess the most noteworthy, noteworthy piece of it was from the Athletic, which was just from from Shams and Sam Amick that says uh, multiple sources have told the Athletic that Lillard would like to play with Philadelphia 76ers three time All Star Ben Simmons. The Trailblazers. League worst defense would instantly improve, and sharing a backcourt with a non-shooter would work given Lillard's high volume usage. Sources say the Trailblazers under Olshi discussed the framework of a trade for Simmons, moving CJ McCollum, a first-round draft pick, and a young player such as Nazir Little or Anthony Simons to Philadelphia. So I guess James, just opening thoughts on that as far as how do you feel about a potential mccollum for simmons swap it's been talked about for so long but how do you feel now it's just kind of in writing like that there's uh two things here and the first if they were to make that deal i love anthony simons and i think he would be awesome here um i think he's a great player an underrated player and coming in in that backup point guard position i think he'd be fantastic i like cj mccollum uh but here's my thing with this and, and this is something that i know was floated around yesterday on twitter and everything um but if Dame is on the fritz, if they're if he's on the edge of the seat there in in Portland, and this you know everything that's going on, they're not good. They're not contenders. No. They're not gonna be. Um, why would you, if you're the Sixers and you're looking at, would we rather have McCollum now, or would we? Why would we trade Ben to help Dame stay in Portland? Yeah. Right. If if his goal is to play with Ben Simmons. Bring them here, figure it out. You know what I mean? Like, don't. Well, I don't like, and and that's a stretch. Obviously, that's that's more of a joke. But like, don't give him a reason to stay there. If you want Dame Lillard on your team, why would you ever give him Ben to help him stay? Yeah. But again, we we're at this point where this team looks really like bad and offensively, especially offensively. And Embiid is having to carry everyone. And set, uh, I'm sorry, CJ McCollum, I think, would make a world of difference um, with the way he plays offensively, creating his own shot, creating separation, playing the two-man game with Embiid. Like, think about Seth Curry, but like Seth Curry when he scores 20-plus points per game. That's CJ McCollum. Pretty often. Pretty pretty often. Um but then again, you look at it, you can't, you know, you're struggling with the backcourt there. Who do you, who goes to the bench? Um, you're going to be small and you're going to have the same problems that Portland has. Yeah. Can't play defense. And, and that's the reason that they haven't been a good playoff team. So I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not jumping the gun right now at all. If I'm the Sixers. Uh, and again, I'm not helping Damian Lillard's situation in Portland. I'd rather him want out from there and want to come here. Yeah, I mean, 100%, I think the Trailblazers are in a worse spot as a franchise than the Sixers. They've been a mess for these. Like, they're more landlocked as a franchise than the Sixers. There's not a lot that they can do. And yeah. CJ McCollum is their highest ticket kind of value guy that they could flip for. 
but the, it's not like he is an earth-shattering player. He probably would be the best perimeter creator that Embiid has ever been paired with, but there's still so many like weaknesses that come with it. Like like you said, the size is a super valid concern. Like I, him, Curry, and Maxi absolutely cannot be on the court together, and will be like destroyed just by the size that is. And uh, when I think about it from the Trailblazers' perspective, it makes makes sense to look toward this for sure like ben simmons would be far and away the best player that dame lillard's ever been paired with uh he when we talk about the impact defensively these guys have been the 29th 28th 30th ranked team over the past couple years defensively uh they they've never had a guy that i mean robert covington is a kind of their their glove guy and simmons is massively better than covington when it comes to being able to like swallow up a guy and just versatility wise defensively and also just having a guy that can have the ball in his hands create for Dame is something that Dame's never had. So I do see a little bit of like the appeal on, on their end for sure. Uh, I think we've gone too far to just be okay with settling for CJ McCollum. Like yeah. this is kind of a deal that's made sense from the beginning is that both teams have like common needs and common, I guess, missing parts that need to be exchanged. But uh, Kyle Newbeck doubled down on it last night that this is kind of a deal from a little bit far uh, a little while ago. This isn't something the Sixers currently have interest in doing, and I think that should be the case. I also am an Anthony Simons guy. I've liked him since he kind of made yeah. his come up through the G League, but uh, to me, this definitely isn't a deal that gets you over the edge, and I'm cool with letting it self-implode and see what happens from there. Yeah, and like let's let's look at from like from Lillard's perspective. Um, what was it like he doesn't like cj doesn't create for him as much as they're both great players like neither one of them are like manipulative facilitators the way that like yeah. ben is or the way that like draymond is um and a lot of people are saying like oh dame wants his own draymond well no shit like everyone everyone that plays the style of basketball that like damian lillard does and steph curry does of course they want a draymond green of course they want a, a great defensive player that only wants to get them the ball offensively and takes care of all of their, you know, legwork for them. Like Steph runs around the court and obviously that's difficult. And he he's probably the most difficult player to guard in the league in terms of just keeping up with him. But he's constantly getting open because they're setting screens. He's running off the ball. And Draymond Green is the smartest player on the floor at all times. And he knows where Steph's going to be and when he's going to be open. The same way if you put Ben Simmons in a situation like that, where Dame is running all over the floor and not having to dribble and, and run off screens, run off four different screens uh, in an offensive set to try to pull up a 30-footer. Like, I've, as fun as I'm sure that is, I'm sure he would like some bunnies sometimes too. Like, getting open, hitting corner threes, hitting catch-and-shoot threes, getting downhill. Um, so it makes sense, obviously. Um, I think Dame is, like, well within his right to be like, give me something that I want here. Um, yeah. I did want to mention really quick, Dane played with prime LaMarcus Aldridge, so I don't know if Ben would be the best player that he's ever played uh -huh. with because a young LaMarcus Aldridge was elite. But that being said, Ben is would be the best player that he's played with since probably his third year um, by a lot and, and yeah. compliments since, him in that way. Yeah, I'll say since he's become Damian Lillard for sure. Yeah. Like Simmons would be a massive upgrade over CJ. Yeah, it's, it's like and especially play style wise. Um, uh -huh. So I don't I don't know, man, I, like. For for Portland, it's like please, like please, God, do this. Right. Um, I'm right. sure that Dame is is asking them for that. But dude, you got to blow it up if I'm Portland. Uh, they're probably saying the same thing about us. But uh, <laughs> like, I, you're running out of time. Um, 
and you're either like you're at the end of it where you're either gonna like package all your picks and try to make one more move to get you know dame some help and and dame and cj some help uh or you got to blow it up so I don't, I don't know what they do and like if you're if you're looking at a cj mccollum trade for ben like i if i'm the sixers i'm like maybe i would do that right but i need cj simons two firsts and maybe another sweetener like give me roco back or something you know what i mean yeah. like I'm not doing that, Ben, for CJ straight up. Absolutely not. No, and I think kind of the realization of how like Simmons is a much better player than McCollum should kind of stop the Sixers in their tracks a little bit yeah. on their thoughts. And um, I guess my larger issue with kind of this discussion is with Dame Lillard, like how I understand the like we just talked about with kind of the Draymond comparisons and just the the uh on-court advantages of playing with a guy like Simmons that he would create for him and the benefits of that. But how in the world do you not want to play with Joel Embiid? Like, I just don't yeah. understand the lack of respect for Embiid. And he's not a perfect superstar by any means. He certainly has his flaws. He certainly, we hear about his weaknesses and things. But, like, why are there no guys itching to play with this guy? And it, it just feels like since he's kind of ascended to his stardom, he hasn't been looked at as a guy like the rest of the league, when we see the, these super teams and guys teaming up, it's never Joel Embiid. And part of that is like personality with him. And he's a very stay in his own lane. He does his own thing. He plays FIFA. He hangs with his fiance and kid. And he's not out there kind of networking and chatting up with these guys on the side like so many of the NBA stars have come to. But I still like this guy has been a perimeter creator away from winning a championship for how many years now? And just like Dame Lillard. If you want to legitimately win, if that's your goal, and I don't think it really is right now. I think his win in Portland or stay in Portland is still above winning in his book, which I hope changes. And if it does, this conversation certainly changes. But at this point in time, like if you want to win, come play with Joel. Like that he has never had a guy that can play off him and him be able to just kind of hand responsibility off. And there's so much made about like the usage rate, the how much jump shots that he take, the the perimeter emphasis, especially towards end of games. I really feel it's so much more out of necessity than like desire for Embiid. Like he hasn't had a guy he can hand it off. When Jimmy Butler was here, he certainly did that. And like I don't know, it's it's very frustrating to me. It feels like he's left out of the the talks, and that's really harmful to the Sixers when talking about like the position they're in. Yeah, I think so. I think there's a couple different. Uh, levels to this one I, I i don't think there's ever really been a chance like yeah the sisters haven't had that like the only free agent i ever remember them really like courting was lebron james and he was never going to come here like i don't remember the last time i got free there was like okay we have space for a free agent when this team was good they rushed this like i was actually thinking about it the other day they absolutely rushed this we talked about the process we talked about everything the first year that they competed they were like, oh, this is good. The second year that they competed, they traded for Butler. They traded for Harris. And without thinking twice, they traded for two guys on expiring contracts. And they had to keep one of them. And they let Embiid's best friend uh, and the better of the two players walk. Who knows why? I think we know why, but who knows yeah. why? Like, instead of just getting through that season... Which like you had a chance, you had you had a shot at a championship. You did absolutely. And if you if Embiid's not hurt, or if you have someone better than Greg Monroe, you win. But let's not do that because it hurts bad. It makes me sick. 
when you think about it, like they never had the chance to like, there wasn't a big name free agent that was like, okay, this guy's going to be a free agent this summer. This guy's going to be like when it was Paul George or when it was, I mean, obviously like KD, like those type of guys, they never had a chance at those high level free agent players. I feel like, and then when it came time, like you got Al Horford that summer, like, you know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't feel yeah. like there was ever that shot. I think Embiid is very cool with a lot of the players in the NBA. Uh, I think he got a bad reputation when he was a kid, like when he was, yeah, for sure. You know, talking a lot of shit and, you know, doing what he does. But like, I know him and Steph are cool. I know like him and Jokic are cool. Like all those guys, I, I think a lot of him and him and Dame are cool too. Like he daps up everyone before. Like every time I watch a game, like he's yeah, making sure. sure he talks to everyone. And I, I think Joel is well liked around the league. And I, I think he's respected as one of the best, if not the best center in the league. Um, and even Jokic said that he was the best center in the league a, a couple years back. So I don't know, man, it's, it's definitely frustrating and kind of um, disappointing that guys aren't like flocking to Philadelphia. Cause that would make life a lot easier. But I think that this is more of like a reach and like, I don't know. I, I would like to see the direct co- quote from Dame. Cause he, he tweeted something yesterday that was saying like the media people just love drama. drama. They love, yeah. yeah. So like, I don't know how true all of this stuff is, but like, I'm sure, I'm sure that Dame would love to play with Joel. Yeah. So I, well, first off the, uh, for the record, Adam Silver rushed the process. The Sixers did not rush the process. And if the Sixers were the Oklahoma city thunder right now, they would have multiple Colangelo's in their front office already. So (laughs) there is many behind the scenes that frustrated with all this thing. Uh, Also the, we do absolutely know why Jimmy Butler's not here. And, that goes back to your boy Ben Simmons and the Brett Brown relationship and everything just not quite fitting for him here. And in the end, it it seems that uh, Jimmy was pretty right on about him, uh, about Simmons not being cut from the same mental cloth that him and Embiid were, was I believe how I put it, how he put it on the JJ Reddick podcast. Uh, outside of that, I definitely think Embiid is respected and I don't think he's disliked around the league by any means, but if Dame Lillard had any, like, if Dame Lillard wanted to play with Joel, he would be a Philadelphia 76er right now. Like, if there was the desire of, like, I want to be there, it would have happened. And that, frankly, I just don't think it's happened. And some of that is absolutely Dame for wanting to stay in Portland. And this guy has a an unreal amount of loyalty in today's age. But I guess what I'm just saying is I never see, like, the driving force of people wanting to play here. And part of that feels like I'm, maybe it is a Philadelphia issue and there's so much made out of. So much nonsense made out of nothing, which is just today's day and age. But I guess Philadelphia more than anything. But it's very frustrating to me how difficult it has become to find another star. And I know we've talked about how there just aren't that many guys available right now because there there really aren't. But like something out of nothing needs to happen. And Joel Embiid should not be a hard lure to get people to bite onto. No. And I mean, like you said, I think at this point it's just Dame. uh, Yeah not not requesting out which is respectable and like again if we were portland fans uh we would think dame is the second coming of jesus so like it makes sense um and like things aren't great here let's be honest but like, here's are great so to me here's the i don't think things i think the blazers are in a significantly worse spot when we talk about oh, like, yes yes like for the most part with the sixers the problems are out of sight, out of mind. Simmons isn't around the building. He's not around the team. The team that is actually there and competing is showing up on a nightly basis. For the most part, have had pretty positive efforts competing. They started the year eight and two. Like there's still a lot of positives in the the Sixers column, and a lot to 
the Sixers have, are a trade away from being true contenders again. And there's certainly been frustrations with like, they're not right now. Like they're simply missing too much just because of like how many guys have been hurt. Ben Simmons has, there's so many eggs that were already put on his basket and now he's just not around and that you can't just replace that. But like one flip and the Sixers are back into true title contenders and the Blazers do not have that luxury. Like they're pretty capped off as a franchise and I just can't see any way that they become Ben Simmons, which would be a phenomenal trade in the Blazers' favor if they swung this McCollum symmetry. They're still far from championship contenders. Yeah. So, like, the duo of Lillard and Simmons doesn't match up with any of these partnerships that we're talking about. So, I mean, like, I, I, I don't think things should look as bad from afar when evaluating Philadelphia. Think about this. Dame, Joel, and Ben. How? It's never gonna happen. Yeah, but I'm saying like if you're if you're Portland though again, like if if it ends up being Dame that like they, at the end of the year they're like okay we want to blow it up. Wouldn't picks be better? Wouldn't young players be better? Like in terms of what they want in return, like a a Dame a Ben for Dame deal has really in like never seemed to be something that was ever gonna happen, like. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. It's hard to like. It, obviously, it's all speculation at this point. Um, it's all kind of guessing. But to go back to what I was saying, like the Sixers haven't had playoff success. The Sixers are in a tough position right now, and like Ben is just not around. Tobias just isn't no. a second star. I don't. I don't know if he's a third star. I'm really. Um, we didn't even talk about Tobias today, which I'm I'm glad we didn't. It's too early it's in the morning to like really get angry, but like I, I'm I'm very disappointed in what I'm disappointed in the realization of what Tobias is. Tobias has always been that yeah. I always wanted more for him as a sixer. And it's not his fault. Uh it's not his fault that they paid him all that money for no reason. It's it's all it's it's not his fault that they are in the position that they're in, but it is his fault that he's not as good as like I don't know, but Tobias is Tobias Harris, and he's always going to be. Yeah. What if what if we're in the situation like Portland in a year, and people are like Joel Embiid needs to ask out. He is the same type of player to Philadelphia as as Dame is to Portland. Like he is the savior of the franchise. He is that type of player. Like we would be applauding Joel uh, for for staying loyal and being you know staying home and staying 100%. here. Hundred percent. So like, I also if Embiid got sick of it, I would totally get it. To be fair, oh like, yeah, I, I guess I would too. Prayer, I pray that he stays here. He is happy in Philadelphia forever. If he hit a point, like say we go through this year, there's no Simmons trade made at the deadline. We get to the off season, and Embiid's like, "Get me out of here. I want to. I want to win." Like, I would not. I I would understand from his perspective, and I I get it. And- Maury wouldn't let that happen. I, I hope not. I hope I really hope not. But uh, like, if look, I have think Trailblazers fans have to want that for for Dame Lillard and at least kind of have the self awareness to see the spot they're in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And they're, I mean, like, like you said before, they're in a much worse position than the Sixers are right now. Um, and like their formula has been the same for like six years or so, yeah. seven years or so, and like. They've been they've been a good team. Like they've been one of the better teams in the Western Conference. Um, and they still lose. Like they lost to the Pelicans. What was like 
are they like the three seed or something and they lost to the Pels? Like, uh, I forget what it was. It was AD and Boogie. Oh, a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, like a while ago. And yeah. they lost. It was in the first round and they should not have lost. I think it was a 3-6 matchup and they lost. Like, they yeah. just aren't that good. And and Dame is great. Dame is, Dame is a Hall of Famer. Dame is, you know, top five in the league. Uh, one of the best point guards in the league. And he has been for almost a decade. Um, but aside from that, they're just what they are. Um, so I'm assuming that something happens and it's that like the oven has definitely been, or the, the stovetop has been turned on the gas, the gas heater is on, uh, the water hasn't quite boiled yet, but it seems like it's getting there. Uh, just in the league in general, I feel like a lot of teams are hitting that boiling point. Um, a lot of teams are getting to that spot where they're, you know, they're deciding on maybe we have to make a move. Maybe we have to change things. Maybe, you know, and I think this is what Maury wanted, and this, these conversations are going to continue happening. So as frustrating as as difficult as all of this has been throughout this season so far, I think it's going to be worthwhile uh, in the end. But that being said, there's not much more to talk about today. Uh, luckily, we didn't get into Tobias Harris because that would have been uh, a mess. But we're going to be back here on Thursday after the Sixers play uh, the Hornets again in Charlotte tomorrow night. Uh, Sean, if you have anything else before we go. Yeah, I mean, like you say, I think the the trade market is starting to form itself, and you see kind of the, all the different whispers, whether it be the Dame, the McCollum, the De'Aaron Fox, the SGA rumors, all these guys, like the pretenders and contenders are starting to separate in the, the standings, and guys are, are and teams are kind of seeing when they need to make a change. So uh, hats off to Mori for kind of sitting back, being patient, and it looks like the rewards are starting to at least show face or at least give opportunities to guys. So uh we are entering the the important stretch and stay tuned yeah absolutely so uh we're, we'll be there every step of the way thank you guys for listening you can follow us at uh on twitter at the pixel pod check out the youtube pixel pod follow us check us out on any anywhere you get your podcast uh we'll talk to you on thursday